Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure to click the subscribe button, like, comment. Let us know what you think about the episode. If there's a particular topic or guest you'd like to have on the podcast, we're always checking comments on YouTube and love to hear from you guys and then make future episodes out of your recommendations. Today, Dan's Diesel Performance is going to be on the podcast, and they're going to be talking about transmissions and three things that can destroy a stock transmission, lead to a rebuild, things you can do to avoid them or if you're already in that position ways that you can make your transmission stronger and hold up whether using it to work hard every day tow haul or if it's something that's more of like a street build um, something that's making a bit more power so it's going to be a great conversation before we get to it though i want to remind you our friends over at kershaw knives have a 20 percent off discount code for you just use code 23 diesel 20 at kershaw.kaiusa.com it's a great way to save some money on some really cool gear if you need it for hunting fishing edc something to you know use at work or around the house they've got a bunch of new models for 2023 their duralock are the latest um, the blade uses d2 steel it's got a really sweet opening mechanism um, keeps your fingers away from the blade when you open and close it and they have a bunch of different styles and different blade shapes as well they've got a ton of other knives so if you're into knife collecting or need something very specific they got a bunch of different opening mechanisms um, blade steels handle materials and they've got some really nice price for any budget so um, if you need something to be able to you know use really hard or if you're a knife enthusiast and are really into different types of knives they definitely got you covered so make sure and use code 23diesel20 at kershaw.kaiusa.com all right let's get to today's podcast with dan's diesel performance and talking about transmissions what's going on diesel nation this is dan dan's diesel performance and i've got phil and whitman here Join us today. So, Mr. Whitman, who are you? Um, I'm Whitman Taylor. I uh, I do all the Allisons here at Dan's. Um, everything from our basic street builds all the way up to our Comp 2 builds and all of our performance valve bodies. Okay, so how long you been doing this for? Uh, I've been doing the transmissions here. The Allison's here for about two and a half years. All right. Um, what do you think of it? It's it's fun. It's uh it's definitely enjoyable. Get to see some cool builds come in and go out and namely one uh Monster Max, both transmissions in Monster Max are two of our street dominators, so that was definitely a cool project. Indeed, yeah. So as far as Allison's go, what a it Give me, give me like the 101 on Allison transmissions. What's some strengths, weaknesses, uh, basic stuff? Well, the uh, Allison's, um, they're great towing transmissions. Um, they hold up fairly well until you start to add power, um, and that's mainly when we see our builds come in, or orders for our builds come in. And, uh, I mean, they're a great they're a great, uh, like I said, they're a great towing transmission. It's just they need a little bit of upgrades when you start to put power 
them and so what's what's uh like the threshold how much power can you add before you're starting to face some problems um i've seen stock ones hold up to about 500 horse anything past that is uh you're on you're on borrowed time i'm impressed 500 that's solid would not recommend no definitely not at 500 it just because it can doesn't mean it should so at what point then do you think someone should uh, start thinking about getting their transmission built or go for it and pull the trigger? If uh, if you're looking to do some upgrades to it and you're you're wanting to get it tuned, you're wanting to put a big turbo in it and fuel to it, that's when that's when you definitely should look into getting it built because you put all that money and time into it and you go out and have fun with it one night and you're left with third gear. Ah, yes. The or gear. no gears. You, you have several neutrals now. Not good. So basically, if you're planning on doing a bunch of power adders or kind of a whole build, you should definitely put the transmission in the mix there. Almost definitely. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I think 500 horsepower is usually that line. Once you get near that level, it's time to start doing some upgrades uh, as far as a transmission you know, because you got to be able to put the power to the ground. Uh, also, you know, turbocharger, injectors, uh, you know, all that seems to top out right around 500 horsepower. It's like, yeah, you can really lean on it and tuning and get a little bit more out of it, but then you're you're asking more than those uh, injectors are made for. You know, you start spraying outside the bowl, and you could uh, crack pistons or you know some brake crankshafts. Um, but yeah, as far as the Allison goes, uh, the five speeds, you know, they, they seem to give up a little easier than the six speeds do. Uh, there are some changes in the forward drum on the six speeds, make them a little stronger. Uh, when the LMLs came out, uh, they had a dual-sided clutch in the torque converter, so it could handle a little bit more power there. And it also had the ability to adjust line pressure electronically or by putting an EPC fooler in there. So the LMLs, the early L5Ps with the six speeds, they can handle a little bit more, but still that 500 horsepower line is when you want to start thinking about upgrading that. Sure. Okay. Now let's say even if you're under 500, let's say you just want to kind of bulletproof your transmission. Like if you're consistently towing a really heavy load or uh, let's say racing or pulling in a stock class, something along those lines, uh, you could still do some work to your transmission, correct? Yeah. Uh, Is it necessary or? Yeah, some little things you can do, like on the 2001 to 10 trucks, you can do a Transgo Junior shift kit in the valve body and some shift springs. Uh, That'll help the transmission shift a little faster and apply more pressure to the clutch packs uh as far as the pump and converter you know there's not a lot you can do unless you actually pull the transmission out to pull the pump apart and put a stiffer spring in there for more line pressure or change the converter for a multi-disc converter but at that point in time you might as well just build it because it's already out the part uh the lml's Basically, the L5Ps, the early ones, um, you know, you can put an EPC fooler in there, which basically deletes the 
uh, electronic pressure control solenoid and it just keeps it at max line pressure all the time it's a little over 200 psi um, give most uh, the clamping force to those clutches and converter uh, there's also electronic boxes out there that you can use to manually turn up the pressure or uh, transmission tuning you know some transmission tuning does that as well basically all it does is turns off the epc so it's full line pressure all the time okay but uh you can also do a deep pan you know it gets a more uh, fluid capacity so if you are towing up a steep hill or something there's more fluid available for the transmission to keep cool and just takes longer to heat up so that does help well makes enough sense so let's say uh uh I don't feel like getting my transmission built, right? I, I like my stock stuff. Let me just keep it stock. What what can I do to keep things happy in stock form? Uh, how how do I prolong the life of my stock transmission? Um, a good thing to do is obviously keep on top of uh, maintenance uh, filters and uh, fluid changes. Uh, make sure everything's topped off and there's no leaks. A uh, common leak point is the transmission lines, and I've seen um, actually transmissions run low because of leaks. Um, just keeping your transmission cooler uh, free from blockage. You get grass and dust in there and garbage, and it doesn't want to. Uh, takes It takes a little while to cool down. Um, obviously, if you're towing through mountains and stuff, watching your trans temps, um, usually a good indicator is 100 degrees above ambient temperature is really where it should be running if you're running 200 degrees constantly i mean that's obviously an issue but just keeping up on top of uh maintenance and uh just making sure everything's running correctly maintenance and keeping an eye out for things that makes enough sense Mm -hmm. now if i remember correctly there are two filters yes there's one inside the pan, that's your main sump filter. That filters anything that's uh, in the fluid. Uh, that filter goes, or the supplies fluid to the pump. And then from there, the fluid goes either to the spin-on filter, which filters out very fine particles that goes to the valve body, or it goes to you know the rest of the system. So either you know creates your mainline pressure, uh, goes to your converter, goes to the trans cooler, uh, which then the fluid that comes from trans cooler goes to lubricate all the bearings and bushings. So, you know, th- those are the two filters in the system. All right. Makes enough sense to keep those clean then. Mm-hmm. Now, let's say I've got my stock set up and I'm feeling a little rowdy. I want to put in a, a drop-in turbo, maybe a little bit of fuel, but uh, maybe I don't. I don't want to touch my transmission yet, which is apparently uh, not a great idea. <laughs> what is the f- first thing? What's the most common thing that's gonna go out first when I put too much power through my stock transmission? Um, I I usually see uh, when I get cores in and guys have put in a turbo or uh, done some tuning and. They've had some fun with it. Uh, most common is the C1 clutches and the forward drum, and then the C3 clutches. And uh, C3 clutch clutches 
um, from the factory have a lot less oiling than um, the rest of the clutches in the whole system of the transmission. Um, most of the time, the C3 clutches are the most common ones to go out. The C1s are also uh, very common. Um, that and it's the, um, like I said, the oiling is, uh, is lacking for the C3 clutches, and that's, that seems to be the most common issue when guys start to add power. So when I, uh, when I machine C3 plates, is that where I'll see heat marks from? Yes, that's exactly where you see the heat marks from. The, uh, the clutches will slip and create hot spots on the top plates. And uh, basically all the steels inside that clutch pack look practically the same way. And mm. by machining those clutch plate or those top plates, you allow an extra set of clutches to be added to that stack. So more clamping force, and uh, yeah, cool. That's a an issue on the 2001 to 2010 Allisons is the uh, piston return springs for C3 and four. Uh, they had springs that pushed up against the apply plate that goes up against the piston to return the piston back to home when it's disengaged. Uh, the issue with that design is it would cause that apply plate to warp a little bit and that would take up clearance needed for, you know, the clutches when they're in the off. Uh, so it would cause them to drag and that produces more heat. So it can cause, you know, premature failure on the LML transmissions they went to a different design where it's got this big ring that goes around the apply plate and puts pressure directly on the piston. So instead of putting pressure on the apply plate where it could warp, it just it goes right to the piston. So that, that improves the uh, clutch clearances when the clutch is off and uh, does improve oiling as well because you have more clearance in there. Um, I'd say on the 01 to 5 trucks, I used to see a lot of C2 clutch failures, which is uh, engaged on 4th and 5th gear. Uh, so if you overpowered 5th gear, you know, P0735, most likely it's going to be C2 clutch that started to slip. Sometimes it would be C3, just kind of depends what the transmission felt like giving up that day, I suppose. Um... On built transmissions, sometimes we see the uh, C2 clutch drum splines strip. If a guy's doing, uh, I guess, boosted launches and that, that shift from uh, third to fourth, uh, sometimes that'll strip the splines. Or if you get a situation where you lose traction, like maybe hit like a, a, a bridge joint, uh, lose traction, that can cause a, a shock load and strip the splines off on the C2. So we do see those failures. So it sounds like most of the common problems that we see are friction-related uh, clutches, uh, friction surfaces, mm -hmm. and then I, now uh, the splines on the drum, there, are, there should be quite a few of those, right? Oh, yeah. The, but even still, I mean, the, the, everything the, lets go at some point. 
Yeah, the, the issue is the hub itself isn't thick enough. So when enough torque is applied to it, it'll actually balloon out. And that's what causes it to strip. So then you wreck the drum and your planet. Ah, that's not good. No. So it they it got, helps to keep those intact. Yeah. So they got uh, billet drums and billet planets. Uh, we typically will use those in some of our higher builds, but okay, it takes care of that issue. Now, on the subject of uh, a built transmission, what kind of what different levels of build do we offer, and who needs what kind of built transmission? So our builds, uh, we have uh, we have three different builds. We have our street series build, our street dominator. We have a comp one build and a comp two. The street dominator retains all its stock shafts. Um, obviously, the clutch upgrades and um, pressure upgrades there, valve body upgrades, cooling upgrades with the pan, um, and converter, our Garen triple disc converter. Um, that's that's good for about 700, 750 horsepower. Uh, obviously, you got to if you're throwing a turbo and injectors and some power at it, that's that's a good all-around street trans. Our next build is our Comp 1, and to that we add uh, a billet input shaft and a billet output shaft. Uh, that's good if you're going to the drag strip, um, racing it. So if you're putting a shock load on it, you're not going to snap your tail shaft, and you got a nice billet tail shaft. Done and that then, a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have your billet input shaft in that as well. And then that's... 850, 900 horse, um, and then our Comp 2 build, that uh, that gets a billet input shaft, billet intermediate shaft, billet tail shaft, billet uh, P2 planetary, or yes, P2 planetary, and then billet C2 hub and billet sun gear. And uh, that hub that Dan was talking about earlier that likes to strip out, this is a that's a fix to stripping those hubs out. Um, it basically, it's it's harder. It, it won't strip out as easy as the factory shaft or the factory stub shaft on that planetary, and the splines in the hub are also harder. So um, that's a good upgrade for guys that are really putting power down and beating the crap out of the truck every single day. And, I mean, it's it's good for about 1,000 horsepower, um, more, depending on how far you're going with it. Um, and yeah. that all of them include our our most popular builds. They come with the Garen triple disc converters. And uh, obviously, if you're looking for a higher performance truck or a, a bigger charger, you go with a bigger stall, depending on um, what what setup you got going. Okay, so torque converters are something I'm a little unfamiliar with. I know there are several different options, but... Uh, what what are some common options? What do what does each one each different one do that others don't? What's a, your preference for whatever application? So we use gear end converters. Uh, they've been really good to us. We've been using them for many years now. Uh, the most common converter that we pair with our transmissions is the DK converter. So it's a billet stator triple disc converter. Uh, it's got a stall speed of around 2000 rpm which is good for pretty much daily driving towing uh, 
mild street builds like you know if you got a 64 or even a 66 mil turbocharger on there um you know that it's a it's a good all-around converter uh, the next one up that we keep in stock is a k converter it's got like a 2700 rpm stall so if you're in the big i guess uh uh, 68 or 72 mil turbochargers, S400s. Uh, it's going to help spool the turbo better, uh, but it also drives very nice on the street. And then you know you get up into the 3,000 RPM stalls like the J and the AR. Those are you know for sled pulling, uh, drag racing, you know competition level trucks. They also offer a, a bolt together version, so you can take the converter apart on a bench restall it you can change the clutches rebuild it uh, so if you're racing or sled pulling and let's say you got uh, an issue with the converter or where transmission has an issue and you need to go through it make sure everything's all good inside or you need to you know restall it whatever you just put it on the bench undo all the bolts pop the cover off and do what you need to do replace the seals and put it back together and they also have uh, extreme clutches for those really high horsepower torque load applications. So, sounds like a convenient thing to have available, especially if you're beating on your torque converter all the time. Mm -hmm. They also have a X converter, which is like 1800 RPM stall, so it's a little bit lower than factory, and that's really good for towing. Uh, if you need to utilize that low end torque for pulling heavy trailers or you know, hot shot and things like that. That converter works really well for that. It's also good for daily driving. So, yeah. Okay. So this is an option for everyone, Yeah, it, it sounds like. Yeah, it really just depends what you're doing with the truck and what your horsepower goal is. All right. So now we've, uh, we, we've, we've got our torque converter options. We've got our build options. Uh, let's say I'm, I'm going with a, a nice street build. Got my street dominator. Mm -hmm. Got a let's say, a, a, probably about a factory stall speed converter. And I'm feeling adventurous. I want to put the transmission in myself. Uh, do you have any advice for me? Uh, the biggest thing I see uh, with guys trying to put them in themselves is uh, obviously being able to support the transmission, um, getting it in and out. But there's a few things that people miss um, basically you have dowel pins that align your bell housing with your backing plate. Uh, I've seen a lot of cores come back with the dowel pins still in the cores. So that means their new transmission did not get dowel pins. Um, basically, uh, being able to flush the transmission cooler, especially if you had a failure before putting it in, um, you have metal in the transmission cooler and I, when guys come and pick them up, I always go over with them and they say, oh, I'm going to use brake cleaning and shop air and a rag. Blow it out that way. And that won't get everything out of the cooler. You need to have some sort of hot flush or a professional flush machine go through the cooler or just replace it. I mean, that's, that's the easiest thing. And the um, transmission cooler on the radiator is also a spot where stuff collects. Yeah, I'd say most of the trash is caught in the heat exchanger on the radiator. So if you can't uh, get the 
cooling system flush with a hot flush machine. Just replace the radiator and trans cooler. Hey, might as well upgrade the lines too if you haven't yet. Yep. Um, because all the trash that's going to be in that cooling system, you know, that's lodged in there with that old dirty fluid. Once you put that new transmission in there with that new fluid, you fire it up, all that trash is going to basically get dislodged, or a lot of it will be, and it goes right back into the trans, and that trash goes to the lube system. So it's going to go to all the bearings and the bushings, the planets, and whatever doesn't go to the lube system goes right back to the sump side of the pump. So that goes right into the pump and right into the converter. So... So what you're saying is all that crappy leftover transmission juice goes right to all the vitals of the transmission. Yes. I, oh, it, that's a problem. Clean yeah, out your lines, yeah. kids. I'd say we, we've had a few warranty claims. You know, the customer installs a transmission and uh, right off the bat, you know, it doesn't shift right or uh, just no, maybe it's throwing shift solenoid codes, which is basically stuck valve codes. Um a lot of it can be derived from not flushing out the cooling system. It's the quickest way to ruin it, aside from not putting fluid in it. So after I pick out my transmissions, Whitman builds it. I get it delivered to me. I I decide that I'm going to put it in on a Wednesday night in my only vehicle that I have to drive to work the next morning. <laughs> I, I wrap it up at about 3.30 a.m., and I may have made a couple oversights and now it's acting a little funny. Well, I'm going to probably want to file a warranty claim, but what does our transmission warranty actually cover? Our warranty covers the transmission against defects and parts of workmanship for five years and limited miles. So if you know we made a error in uh, assembly or machining of the transmission, uh, if there's an issue with a, a component like a maybe a clutch delaminated or a bearing was put in upside down or something, you know, anything on the assembly side of the transmission, you know, we would take care of it. Um, but that's pretty rare. I mean, we uh, have a really good track record with uh, build quality and the parts quality has been really good too. We use Alto clutches and choline steels. Uh, all Allison gaskets, seals, electronics. So really don't uh, have too much for warranty claims. And a lot of the ones that do get submitted are from installer error. Uh, Even shipping error, too. Oh. We've had a couple lately that have shown up with broken bell housings and mm -hmm. stuff that way from basically leaving our shop to its destination yeah that's why we like to ship our transmissions in crates you know so it's a nice big plastic crate a transmission secured inside with straps so it can't move around but uh, we do have customers that ship them in on pallets you know, they, they want to avoid that core charge and well if, if it came in on a pallet then it's going to be going back out on a pallet because otherwise we have to ship that crate back uh, so it's just extra logistics and costs there but, yeah, the uh, shipping companies really don't give a fuck about your shipment. Yes, the, the golden rule of shipping is assume that they're going to throw it off the top of the tallest building they can find. Pack it like that. 
because it doesn't matter what it is. I actually, I used to work for a shipping company that I, I think is probably best if I don't name. And uh, th- there were plenty of times where I saw people playing kickball with packages. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just pack it like you want it to survive the apocalypse and you'll probably be okay. I'd like to see somebody play kickball with an Allison. <laughs> That'd be something. That's I mean, too much for me. Yeah, I've done my fair share of strapping transmissions to pallets. You know, we use the heavy-duty plastic straps and you know, crimps. You know, and I've even given them the the slap and said that's not going anywhere. And, <laughs> you know, a few days later, you get a you know an email from the customer and with pictures showing the transmission is upside down or or it's got a broken bell housing or something, and it's like, how the heck, you know? Right. So you even said it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Right, that's the magic word. Yeah, usually it is. Um, yeah, sh- shipping is an odd business. Better safe than sorry, especially uh, with something uh, so valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing is when you install a transmission, you want to have a good scanner, like a Tech 2 or... You know, GMMDI. Uh, I know some Snap-on scanners and those high-end scanners will do it also. But be able to reset the taps and the presets in the TCM, go through the quick learn procedure. What that basically does is you get the transmission warmed up, and the TCM will command each clutch pack to engage on and off, on and off. Uh, then it'll engage. You know, each gear selection. Uh, it'll also imply the torque converter on and off a few times. And uh, basically what that does is it establishes the response times, you know, the fill times for the pistons and the clutch engagement so that once it's done with that process, then you can take it out and start driving it. And the TCM has a better idea of what the transmission's doing, what the, the shift times are going to be like. Uh, so it's not going to be flaring or banging. Uh, and it just speeds up the learn process a lot faster because you know that TCM remembers the old transmission so the wore out clutches or the the old fluid or low pressures if there's an issue the TCM remembers that you know and back then it was constantly making little changes to kind of compensate for you know a failing clutch or uh, internal leak or something like that and uh, you apply those same uh, settings to a brand new transmission uh, it's not good. It can actually cause damage to the transmission. So that is definitely not good. I, no. I know I've seen at least seen some odd behaviors out of uh, truck with either a, a new transmission or a new TCM that hasn't had that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably best to uh, be prepared. Yeah. Uh, fluid. That's another thing. Um, you know, years ago, uh, Allison's used to just get Dex three fluid. And even on the, uh, the newer transmissions, we were using Dextry fluid for all of our builds. And then, you know, when, when the later transmissions came out, you know, Allison had a service bulletin about switching everything over to Transcend, which is like a, a Dex 6. It's a synthetic fluid. And at some point in time, they changed the uh, seals and the, the pistons, the, the rubber compound, or some DEX-3 fluids that don't really get along with those compounds. It would actually start to eat away at the rubber. 
and causing you know internal leakage and then clutches would start to slip. So all of our transmissions use Transcend from Allison or you can go to like advanced auto parts and get uh, Castrol Dex 6, which is pretty much the same thing, uh, or any good Dex 6 quality uh, fluid is what our transmissions take. Um, I think it's five gallons. Is it five? Yeah, I usually recommend 20, 22 to 23 quarts at yeah. least from a fully dry system. And obviously with our builds, they come with a deep pan, so that's another couple quarts right there. Yep, so you'll put three gallons worth in the truck and then start it and then continue adding fluid until it reaches you know, the middle of the cold line and let the transmission warm up. And uh, the fluid should come up to that, the middle of the hot, especially after you do the relearn and whatnot. Yeah, all those clutches that got to fill up with fluid and the pistons got to fill up too so so basically you put a little bit in to to prime it make sure it's not bone dry yeah you don't want to put it all in because then it'll start coming out the uh vent ah, that, yeah that's <laughs> not good no it, it makes a mess i i could definitely imagine 23 quarts just <laughs> yikes well i think it's worth like if you do it on like a uh like a 47 or a 48 re like a dodge those vents are in the bell housing. So if you overfill it you know, on your initial startup and it'll start dumping fluid out of the bell housing. So you think like, oh, you messed up the pump seal or something like that. So it can be frustrating if you think that you did that, you pull it all apart and find out it's perfectly fine. Like, no, it's you just uh, put a little too much in there and it had nowhere to go. I've Oof. been guilty of that at least once. Oh, I would, I would lose it if I, because I, I would be that guy. I'd be like, oh, I broke my transmission. Pull it all back apart. Go over over everything with a fine-tooth comb. And then be like, well, I actually just added half a quart too much. No, I'm no, an idiot. No, I, you, you'd be the, on the phone at 8 a.m. Like, hey, I, my transmission is having problems. It's leaking fluid all over. <laughs> like, and Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Where's it coming from? And then you have that moment of realization like, ah, yep, that one's on me. Mm-hmm. Have a nice day, gentlemen. <laughs> so there's a, sounds like there's, there's so many options here. Uh, upgrades, swaps, all that sort of business. Uh, I see we also do five to six speed conversions. Well, what does that entail? We don't do it very often. Uh, so the 2001, the five trucks came with a five speed. 
And when the LBZs came out in 06, they had a six-speed. It's all the same internals as far as the planets and the clutches. The only main difference is the valve body and the TCM. So uh, there's a couple kits out there that you know put a different valve body in and a, a TCM calibration that enables six gear, which is C2 and C4. Um, and, and it'll make it a six-speed transmission. You know, and the idea is it'll lower your RPMs when you're cruising, so you get better mileage and um, you know less wear and tear on the engine and stuff like that. But you're you're stuck with the transmission tuning that comes with it. It's not a an editable, uh, modifiable program. So if you also like take this truck sled pulling or drag racing, you can't retune it to do a second gear start or uh, bump those shift rpms up so you can utilize the turbo and whatnot um so you're stuck with the, the system the way it is and you know as far as like fuel economy savings uh it would take like 150,000 miles of driving to break even on the cost of the kit so, you know, once we start explaining that to the customer, it, it's not really worth doing. Now, is is this, it sounds like this is kind of a uh, tune-in process. You, it, it sounds to me like you're basically uh, adding in a sixth gear with tuning. Is, is that about right? Yeah, when Allison was going to come out with the six-speed transmission, they were going to use the original AL5 trans controller to shift that transmission. Well, then the GM and Allison changed course and went to the A40 TCM. And uh, therefore, the, there was this operating system created for the five-speed or the AL5s, and it just never went into production. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's the story behind that. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So you can add an extra speed just uh, with a, a couple of parts and yeah. some tuning. Yeah, it's just a different valve body, the way the channels or the hydraulic fluid is routed, and yeah, the calibration in the TCM. Huh. It's kind of clever, actually. Mm -hmm. Shame it doesn't uh, work better. It sounds like a great idea. Mm -hmm. So speaking of more speeds, the uh, newer transmissions, I believe, have 10 speeds. Yeah. What year did those come out? Uh, those came out in 2020 with the new body style. And uh, everybody's still learning about them. You know, there's a couple companies out there that have been making some parts for them. Uh, but but they're, they're still pretty new. Yes, that is uh, not too long ago, especially in terms of aftermarket. Uh, what what sort of upgrades are there for those that we know of, or any potential failure points, stress points, uh, anything to keep an eye out for? Uh, well, there is a couple options out there for different torque converters. Uh, Ratio Tech does have a shift kit for the valve body. Um, 
you know, there, there are some billet parts coming out slowly but surely. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, there really isn't a whole lot else available right now. Clutches are still in development. Maybe there's some out by now. I'm not sure. I haven't really kept up on that. Um, but yeah, I, I know a lot of the overdrive clutches, uh, when they're overpowered, will have issues. Uh, there's a, a drum in there that's made out of aluminum that uh, tends to get eaten through by the steels. So, you know, they have their weak points for sure. So hopefully uh, that transmission will be figured out here with some good upgrades in the near future. All right. And if I remember correctly, because the L5P engine is pretty stout from the factory, the transmission's also fairly stout too. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, as you add power, you kind of have to add reliability to the other parts. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, like the, the transmission tuning, that just became available uh, within the last month, I think. Uh, up until now, there was no adjustments for shift points or pressures or anything like that. So I'm sure that's going to help the longevity of a stock transmission quite a bit. Uh, I you know I have a 2020 and a 22. I tell you what I like the 10 speed you know for towing it's a great transmission uh, with the much closer gear ratios it keeps the engine in its peak torque range. Yeah. It's really smooth. It's a it's really a nice transmission. So, so one thing I hear a lot about not necessarily the. Uh, the 10 speed in the trucks, but just kind of the higher gear count transmissions in general is a, a lot of people tend to say that they go gear hunting, you know, it'll, it'll try to go from eighth to fourth or whatever. Do you, do you find it does that excessively? Obviously if you're cruising in 10th gear and then suddenly you floor it, it's going to downshift pretty far, but do, do you find it unusually high? No, uh, I don't notice any problems at all in my trucks. I mean, both mine are pretty much stock, uh, except for a, a Banks Derringer and Pedal Monster, uh, and a DPF back exhaust and intake. So, uh, no, I mean, it, it, the TCM commands the gear that's right for the load, throttle position, engine RPM, and, you know, depending on what speed I'm looking for it'll pick the right gear for the job um you start if you're on flat and you start coming up to a hill it'll downshift one gear or two and it just pulls right up that hill no problem so but yeah and as far as like gear hunting i haven't had that problem in my truck with either one oh sounds like a pretty standard operation then Mm -hmm. i guess that's good yep so uh, a couple of things I wanted to add on the Street Series builds uh, and the Comp 1, that C2 clutch drum, we do have a machined sleeve that we press on to that drum to basically double the thickness of the, the spline area. And we machined the stun gear out to allow clearance for that sleeve, and that bulks up the, the drum so it doesn't uh, balloon and strip the splines. So usually if there is going to be a failure, uh, it usually 
snaps the snout on the P2 planet, but at least you can go a lot further in power or abuse before that happens. Uh, it's pretty rare. We, we don't see that too often, but that was our little fix for the ballooning of the drum. Yes, I, I believe uh, I just finished a run of Sun Gears. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a nice process, fun process, mm-hmm. a little messy, but the finished product is quite nice to look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, some more information on the LML and early L5Ps. As far as modifying the line pressure, we talked about the EPC plug. So what the system does is there's a solenoid that controls pressure going to the top side of the mainline pressure regulator valve. So the more pressure that the solenoid sends to the top side of the valve, the more line pressure the system will make. And from the factory, the line pressure goes to full, you know, for a shift because you know, it wants to make sure that shift is quick and it's got good clamp. But after a couple seconds of being engaged, that pressure drops down. And that's when you know you can overpower the clutch pack and start slipping. So by putting a EPC plug in there, it just deletes that solenoid and puts a solid plug in there. So line pressure is full all the time. Uh, we have had a lot of people ask, well, if I have an EPC plug in there and I get trans-tuning that's got uh, raised pressure, is that going to cause a problem? And the answer is no. You, you know, the system can only add so much pressure but, you know, before the system's maxed out. So whether you deleted the EPC you know, the solenoid with the plug or you tuned it out with the tuning, it's going to equal the same result. It's the same amount of pressure going to the top side of that valve. It can't double or go any higher. So that's how that system works. Okay, so it's the the ceiling of the pressure is the same either way. You can yeah. just adjust uh, how fast, how long it stays at the ceiling. Right, basically either with way. The, the plug or trans-tuning with pressure, uh, it's just making the line pressure max all the time and which is perfectly fine to run the transmission loves it uh the cooling system handles it just fine you might see uh trans temp go up 10 degrees above what you used to see uh, just because the, the more pressure you know creates more heat so that's to be expected but the cooling system handles it just fine yeah all things considered that's not too big of a change in temperature no so um well gentlemen i don't think there's anything else to talk about uh i'll probably think of something as soon as we shut off the recording i'll I'll ask whitman off mic and then uh forget to forget to mention it broken output shafts uh, you know like i said i've done that twice on uh my first truck, Mistress, the first time I took that truck, it's an 05 uh, crew cab short bed. I took that to the drag strip. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I made a second gear launch tune, and I was probably third time on the track. I just 
boosted the shit out of it. And as soon as the light went green, I stomped it. And all of a sudden, I heard this big bang, and the truck shook and didn't move. It was stuck on the track. We had to push it off and push it back to the pits. And uh, I was trying to figure out what, what happened. And, um, you know, as you put it in park, well, everything inside is still spinning. Just the output shaft's broken. So it just does that grinding sound. And it's like, okay, what, what that doesn't sound good at all. Uh, the keys in a blender you know, noise. But the thing is that this was uh, probably about an hour from the farm. So and that was my ride there. I drove it there. So I had to call my friend Jeremy and like, hey, uh, my truck's broken. Can you bring the Fonz and the gooseneck up to pick me up? And so he came and picked me up and dropped it off at the farm, brought in the shop and uh, pulled the transfer case off and the, the stub from the output shaft fell on the floor. Like There it is. So I had to That'll do it. And the thing is, I, I did uh, tail housing. Well, I pulled the tail housing off to do the shaft in the truck. I, I didn't feel like pulling the transmission back out. So I remember just jacking the rear end way up. I had, this is before, you know, I had a lift. We're, we're talking 2009, I think, is when this happened. Um, I had a bunch of cinder blocks and a jack stand sitting on cinder blocks. I had this truck at like a 45-degree angle in the shop. And it worked. I just pulled everything apart and swapped the shaft out with a billet one and put it back together. So so what you're saying is we've <laughs> we've come a long way. Oh, yeah. Now we use a, a four-post lift to, to do that on. So. That's a that's still that's a fun failure to have, huh? Yeah, I mean the right way to do it is to pull the trans out, stand it up on its bell housing, so all the bearings and clutches and everything to stay right where they're supposed to. Pull the tail housing off, pull the shaft out, put the new shaft in, put it back together, and you know, spin the shafts, make sure there's nothing bound up. You know. I um, see a lot of guys on the forums post that they. They uh they crack their tail housing and try to do it in the truck like that and they can't get it back together. I've gotten did, a lot of cores back with bearings that are just exploded because of that. Did you see the guy that put his transfer case up and then pulled the tail yep, housing off yep. and all the guts inside were pushing on it? He yep. couldn't get the tail housing back in. <laughs> he couldn't get the transfer case out because it was bound up with the uh, torsion bar brace. Yep. So. <laughs> Like, I've seen a lot of fuck-ups, but I have not oh, seen yeah. that one before. I, I don't know how to help you on that. Yeah, exactly. That's Pull the cab, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I've never actually worked on a on a transmission, transfer case, any of that. This sounds like a nightmare. Mm -hmm. I, I do most of my work in my driveway. So I would not want to do that in a driveway. No, it's not fun. And the thing is, you have to have the transmission vertical or mostly vertical otherwise the Torrington bearings will pop out of their grooves and once that happens you, you put it back together it, it it detonates when you you fire it up and try to move it um, so yeah it's, it's important to if you're gonna replace a crack tail housing or if you got a output shaft issue just pull the transmission out do it right stand it up and I'm always cautious when I see a core come in and it's got a brand new tail housing yeah. on and the rest is crustier <laughs> than shit. Like, I hope nothing's screwed up in here because I know somebody did this in their driveway with a jack and 
silicone to seal it back up. Yeah, I'm glad you guys mentioned that because I I would have been that guy. Like, oh, it's just the back end of the transmission, you know, just pull the back tail housing off, throw something new in there and call it a day. And then keys in a blender. (laughs) Yep. So I think that's about it for this uh, episode. Yeah, I'd say we've covered most or all of what we need to cover. Yeah, a lot of good information, so... If you guys have any questions, give us a holler. Yeah, uh, shoot us a message on our fan page. Uh, you know, we'd like to maybe do like a and A session sometime, talking about you know truck builds or uh, products that we make and offer. Um, so yeah, hit us up on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, you can shoot me an email to info at dancylittleperformance or uh, you can always give us a call at 815-977-5865. And check us out on TikTok, too. Yeah, we're on TikTok. And we're some comedians. We are we are very comical. There's some interesting things on there. Indeed. <laughs> so, all right, well, thanks for listening. All right, adios, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget, Diesel fans, make sure and head on over to Kershaw.kaiusa.com. Use code 23Diesel20 for 20% off site-wide. It's a great way to save some money, get some really cool gear if you need a knife for hunting, fishing, EDC. Um, Definitely head on over, check out their website. They've got a bunch of knives to really meet any budget that's out there. Their uh, 2023 lineup, they've added a bunch of new knives this year. The latest is the Duralock model, which is really nice. I've got a few of them myself. The blade is D2 steel. And the way that it opens is super sweet. So I really like that part of it. And there's a bunch of different handle materials and shapes designs. So definitely got something for you. If you're in the market, definitely make sure head on over and take advantage of 20% off site-wide. I also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowe and a 23 Diesel, J. Cole, John, all of our other Patreons, all of you who subscribe on YouTube podcast apps, follow us on social media. We appreciate your support here in year seven of the Diesel Podcast and look forward to bringing you more great content in 2023. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.